We're joined today by America's most famous attorney, the host of the Durr Show on Rumble and YouTube, the author of 15 books, including his latest, The Price of Principle, Why Integrity is Worth the Consequences, Mr. Alan Dershowitz. Alan, thank you so much for being with me. Well, thank you, but you cheated me on 35 books. This is my 50th book. I've done 50 books in my 60 years of being a lawyer. So number 50, the price of principle. I should have known that. I read the wrong uh, descriptor online. The, the internet's full of uh, falsehoods. Well, maybe be maybe 15 good books but altogether. <laughs> there've been a lot. Okay, well, you said that not uh not me. Well, uh, Mr. Dershowitz, your new book doesn't bury the lead, but I'm most interested in the subtitle. So why is it worth the consequences to stand on principles of liberty such as you have done all these years? Well, you really can look yourself in the mirror in the morning, unlike, for example, Caroline Kennedy, the daughter of President Kennedy, who is now the ambassador to Australia. Um, she was seated next to me at a, a dinner party, and she said, if I knew you had been invited, I wouldn't have come. This is the daughter of a man who wrote Profiles in Courage, and because of the courage I had to defend the President of the United States against uh, unconstitutional impeachment charges, she wouldn't be in the same room with me. The woman who has to stand up to the leader of China and the leader of North Korea wouldn't be in the same room as somebody who exercised constitutional rights to defend the President of the United States. It's incidences like that that, uh, you know, led me to write the book because um, I have thick skin. I don't care about parties, but what they've done to my wife and to my children, uh, it's just plain, ordinary McCarthyism, all because they disagree with the fact that I defended President Trump. They don't disagree with what I said. They don't disagree with my arguments. They just, I'm on Trump's side. I voted against Trump twice. I'm not a conservative Republican. I'm a liberal Democrat, but uh, people are just intolerant, people on the left particularly. Well, and I think it's important you made a distinguishment there between the left and liberal, because there is a difference. Yeah. Oh, there's an enormous difference. I, I mean, I wrote another book a couple of years ago called The Case for Liberalism in an Age of Extremism. I'm a classic liberal. I believe in everybody's free speech, everybody's due process, everybody's equality. I'm not in favor of race-specific advantages or gender-specific advantages. I'm a classic liberal in the spirit of you know John Stuart Mill and uh, Louis Brandeis and and so many other people and President Kennedy, um, but uh, current radicals and current people on the left uh, hate liberals um, is even more than that. they hate conservatives because they think liberals have kind of been traitors, abandoned them. They're hard left. They're progressives. Why are we not joining their sensorial progressive movement where it's free speech for me, but not for the due process for me, but not for the... And, you know, the real problem is there are zealots out there for whom getting Donald Trump is worth trashing the Constitution. I'll give you an example. My former colleague, Lawrence Tribe, was on CNN saying that he's trying to persuade his former student, Merrick Garland, to prosecute Donald Trump for attempting to murder, attempting to murder Pence. It's the most absurd thing, probably the stupidest thing a law professor has said in my 60 years of experience uh, in, in law. And yet he's adored by the left because it doesn't matter that he trashes the law, he trashes the Constitution. He's out to get Trump and that's good enough. And I'm out to save 
Trump from an unconstitutional impeachment, and that's good enough to make me a pariah, and that's good enough to ban me from the library. I can't even have my books distributed by the library in Chilmark or allow myself, uh, uh, my audiences to hear me speak in Chilmark. That's good enough, just because I defended President Trump. And so that's why I wrote the book, The Price of Principle. I tell these stories, I name names, and I go way beyond my experiences and talk about how so many people of courage have been canceled because they fly in the face of the political correctness of the left. Well, I commend you for speaking out and maintaining a consistent position for many years because it's certainly not the expedient thing for you to do. No, no. A friend of mine wrote to me when this was happening saying, you were the king of Martha's Vineyard. Everybody loved you. Uh, when events had to occur, I was always the one who was asked to lead and to make the speech and to do the memorial service or to perform whatever was being performed. I was, quote, according to this guy, the king. If I had just kept my mouth shut, he said, I'd still be the king. Well, I'm not going to keep my mouth shut, and I don't care if I'm king. I'm going to be principled, and I'm going to stick to my principles, and I'm not going to change what I've been doing for the last 60 years to fit into today's pattern. I want to get your take that you gave on another interview that I watched about the Justice Department's unwillingness to release the search affidavit. I thought yeah. your response to that was very good. Well, I appreciate that. You know, one of the principles that I've always stood by is if you have two people and they're in a conflict and one of them wants to suppress information, the other wants to produce all the information, have it all out there. I generally think the person who wants it all out there is probably on the right side. And so I'm in favor very much of the Justice Department and the courts uh, releasing the affidavit with redactions. We don't need to know the names of confidential informants. But we need to know what was the basis, for example, for getting a search warrant that allowed them to go into the locked safe or into the closet of the wife of Donald Trump. Um, we know what happened with the locked safe. It was a replay of Geraldo Rivera's famous episode with <laughs> Al Capone, where for months, what's in Capone's safe? And there was nothing in it. And there was nothing, apparently, according to reports, at least, in Trump's safe. So what was the basis? What did the affidavit say? You couldn't get a warrant just to say search is safe. You have to be able to say in the safe. You have to know with specificity what you're looking for. It can't be a fishing expedition. Well, and apparently the judge that signed off on the warrant had recused himself from another case involving the president not too long ago saying he had personal animus towards him. Well, he did recuse himself. I'm not sure he said, uh, at least I'm not aware that he gave a reason for it. Uh, that may be a reason. It may have been uh, animus towards somebody on the other side or just the appearance of justice. I don't know. But they would have gotten a search warrant anyway. Getting a search warrant is as easy as getting candy on Halloween. Um, <laughs> you just go to the judge and they sign off. Um, mostly they don't even read it. They just sign the search warrants. But uh, even when you read it, they believe whatever is in the affidavit. That's why it's so important. To have a check and balance you know the romans said who will guard the guardians who will judge the judges who will demand justice of the justice department we have to be able to be transparent about these things i want to give you an opportunity to promote the der show if you would <laughs> sure i love the der show it's on three nights a week you can get it any night on rumble.com but uh, for three nights i i talk humorously um, and, you know, legally about uh, what's going on constitutionally. And then I take questions from my 
my listeners and viewers, and it's interesting, the questions are very different. The Rumble questions are very conservative, very controversial, and very confrontational. And the YouTube questions are a little bit more favorable. And it's interesting how the different viewership, you know, it's called the Dirt Show. Dirt Show, which is two-thirds of my name, the only thing it's missing is the wits. And that's provided by the, <laughs> by the listeners and the viewers. And, you know, a little bit of a little bit of humor on my part. Well, I'm glad that they've allowed you back on YouTube. I know when you did one debate, they uh, threw that off of the uh, YouTube channel concerning vaccines. Yeah. But that's right. Um, yeah. In any case, well, we won't keep you too much uh, longer. Uh, Rudy Giuliani's a friend of yours. Do you have any comment on what's going on with him? Well, I don't think lawyers should be prosecuted for doing their job as lawyers. And I don't think they should be disbarred. Um, I wouldn't call myself a friend of his. I've known him for 30 uh, or so, even more years. Um, we did once go to a Yankee game together, but uh, we don't uh, generally socialize. We're not that kind of friends. We're kind of more, um, uh, you know, professional acquaintances. And I argued against him on numerous occasions when he was U.S. attorney, and, and he came to my class. I came to his class. I just wish him well. And I don't think lawyers should be uh, investigated for performing a legal function. My St. Louis Cardinals swept your your Yankees recently. Well, I'm not a Yankee fan. I'm a Red Sox fan. Oh, that's so, right. How and, could you know, I mistake I have a shirt it? that says I root for two teams, the Red Sox and anybody who can beat the Yankees. Oh, I was so, I was thinking about when you went to the game with Giuliani and it confused my mind. So. <laughs> <laughs> but the St. Louis Cardinals were one of my favorite teams growing up because of Stan Musial. There was nobody like him. And, uh, you know, there were so many other great players on, on the Cardinals. I'm a big baseball fan. I grew up with the Brooklyn Dodgers. When are you going to write a baseball book? I should have. You know, I almost wrote the book that Doris Kearns wrote. Uh, uh, she wrote a book called Wait Till Next Year about the Brooklyn Dodgers. And uh, a lot of stories. I went to high school uh, just a few blocks from Evans Field, and I got to know most of, most of the Dodgers. I just bought a shirt, a Jackie Robinson shirt, team shirt, uh, with number 42, signed by most of the Dodgers during the time that I was rooting for them. And so I'm about to get that framed. And I have a room of my sports memorabilia. I have uh, a chair that I sat in at Boston Garden for years, signed by Bill Russell. Another one signed by Larry Bird. Uh, lots of baseballs and basketballs signed by my heroes and, you know, legends in the in sports so i'm a big sports fan i was actually a basketball player in high school i guarded a kid named ralphie lipschitz in madison square garden he changed his name to ralph loren and uh uh i, I didn't score very much and, uh, <laughs> mostly a bench sitter but i was a i was a substitute but i was not a bad player well i um am always humbled to be able to converse with you and i know how valuable your time is so i won't keep you uh, any longer. But um, again, the book is The Price of Principle, Why Integrity is Worth the Consequences. Be sure to buy it today. It's available everywhere the, that you can buy books, I assume, at Barnes & Noble and other outlets like that as well. Yeah, Amazon as well. Yeah. Excellent. All right, Mr. Dershowitz, thank you for your time. My pleasure. Thank you.